The Start On Demand. On demand. Tuesdays are the worst. Our days all got off to a rough start today, proving once again that Tuesdays suck. But we had fun today nonetheless. For example, we asked the question, do you enjoy the transition from summer to fall? There is a surprisingly heated dividing line on that one. We looked back on some Labor Day classic memories. We talked to the math guy about how to keep high schoolers engaged on their distance learning days. It's Le Cheeseburger Week. The host of The Main Ingredient tells us why this week might be the event's most important yet. And thanks to failing technology, I almost didn't make it back in time trying to get back up to the 30th floor. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, September 1st podcast for The Start. McGarry McNabb, I'm blaming that on Tuesday. Okay, you remember that scene? That scene in Office Space. Looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. That's a Monday. Well, on the start, we typically have a case of the Tuesdays, and I think it's safe to say, and Loren, you can confirm, but I'm definitely, uh, I definitely got off to a rough start today. I had a terrible sleep. Ended up getting. I think I finally got out of bed at 1:45. Moved to the couch. Thought, should I just get up? Eh, maybe I'll just lie down for another minute on the couch. And then I woke up at 10 after 3, so I'm behind schedule. And then I just, it was one of those mornings where, like, everything I did was wrong. I couldn't find things. I was, I couldn't figure out what to wear. And uh, I finally realized, you know what? I'm not even going to bother with a cab. I'm just going to drive to work. And then I didn't know where to park. And I'm trying to figure out the parking situation on the street. And uh, Sounds like you should just go home. I'm all discombobulated. And then, Greg, you just... <laughs> the sadness on Greg's face when he realized what he brought to work for lunch. Yeah, so, Loren, I'm bragging to Brett how put together I was this morning. I remembered to take my vitamins. I remembered my briefcase with all my gadgets in them, but I then I said the only thing I forgot was my water bottle, so I'm drinking water out of a paper coffee cup this morning, uh. and then, you know how I like to cut up the steak after we have barbecue the night before, and I'll, I'll bring in the strips of steak to eat? So, I crack open my little uh, Rubbermaid container here, and I open it up, get ready <laughs> to eat my first piece of steak. <laughs> it's flipping fish sticks! I brought the wrong container. Oh, that is the worst. Big oh, letdown. Who wants fish sticks ever? Yeah. Let alone the next day, not anyone. I'll so. take a fish stick. Well, I don't know, mind fish sticks. Brett, actually, have a fish stick. But you need to have them the same day. They're not meant to be eaten ever again after that. No. Plus, well, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying one right now. Okay. Are they cold? Yeah. That ain't right, man. Is that even safe? <laughs> oh yeah, you're fine. Probably not even I real had fish. My, uh, yeah, my, my, my mouth in my uh, hoodie when I came across. Oh, I wasn't concerned. How about you, Loretta? Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. Well, I thought today was Wednesday, so. Oh, no. What I can't the... believe I thought that. Like, I only worked one day, and <laughs> I woke up this morning, and I was like, what did we do Monday? Because yesterday was Tuesday. Today, Hal will be coming in, and I'm going through the rundown in my head while I slowly wake up, and then I... 
realized it was not Wednesday. <laughs> Gave yourself so. that virtual slap across the face. It's Tuesday, McNabb. It's and Tuesday. My first thought increasingly is when can I go back to bed? Like pretty much within 30 seconds of waking up. I'm already counting the hours to when I can go back to sleep again, which is just sad. That's just a sad It's like when I used to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. They used to spend half of lunch. We would have lunch, and half the time consuming lunch was what's for talking supper? about what's for supper. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Lorena, you, you sort of nailed something there. I saw a meme over the weekend, and you can apply this to whatever your hobby is. Of course, for me, it's golf, but it was uh, it was two pictures of Zach Galifianakis. So one of the pictures was him face down on the floor, presumably something out of the hangover, and it said, me waking up for work. And then the, the second picture was Zach uh, rolling in a convertible, smiling, wind blowing through his hair, and that picture said, me waking up for golf. And that's yes. kind of how it feels, right? Like when you wake up and you go, God, why is my alarm going off? I'm so tired. Oh! I'm going to Granite Hills today. It's golf time, baby. Let's go. Yeah, it's the same way you feel on a Friday. Like, everything is possible. You're just like, it's the weekend. Here I go. And you're just, like, singing to yourself. And then Sunday hits, and you're just like, mar, mar. Like, the different songs that go through your head, depending on what you're off to do or where you're going, I think is hilarious. Well, anything is possible. Can you sing that song for us again? Anything and- is possible in the weekend. Oh, all right. Very nice. Okay, I was told what good movie two is that ago. from? I don't know. Oh, okay. I was told a good two years ago by the boss to never sing on radio. No, he's not I've up anyway. Don't worry about times. it. And speaking of uh, you know, we, food, Greg brought in the fish sticks. I liked the fish stick. Thank you, Greg. But t- today is an exciting day for uh, Winnipeg foodies and probably very exciting, hopefully, I'm sure, for the restaurants because they could definitely use a shot in the arm. La Cheeseburger Week. Is on from today until September 7th. We're going to talk to the host of the main ingredient, Kevin Bergen, at 845. 131 restaurants in Isn't Winnipeg. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I had one of my uh, loyal Twitter followers last night, Terry, ask me if, uh, is there Tinder for La Cheeseburger Week? <laughs> I go, what do you mean? <laughs> like, so that I could swipe left or right, so I can build Ooh, the list. And everybody can collaborate <laughs> on which are the best ones to try and to have. And, of course, this is a competition. Yep. And the restaurants that win the competition, Loren, they, they're very proud of winning said competition. I'm trying to think now if there's any food that is sexier than a burger in a good photo, where you just kind of go, oh, mm. yeah. I don't know that there is. Well, now that you put it in those terms, Loren, I don't think there are. Because when you go to the, the website, and I'm just looking at it right now, uh, it's just laburgerweek.com, and you go through the, the, the 131 options, there's, when you think burger, like, I think we all, I'm guessing we all have kind of a standard image of what a burger is. Sure. But the creativity on display here. Uh, is insane. Like uh, Pony Corral, for example, they've got a couple of locations. Well, they're, they've got three locations participating, uh, but the one on Pemina is called the Trio One Pound Double Cheeseburger, and then Pony Corral Nairn has the Bronco Buddies Trio. So it's like, uh, I guess they're like three sliders, and uh, but it just, everything looks so good, and everything, each of these burgers looks different. There's one burger here, uh, it's called the Optimus Prime Rib Burger, and the bun is blue. It's a oh. blue bun. It's a, This is at Shark Club, and the bun is made locally by La Belle Baguette, 
and uh, they've colored the bun blue. So the creativity on display this week wow. is great. And uh, my waistline, I was just telling Phil down the hall, saying, man, I'm trying to level my diet off to something healthier, and then Cheeseburger Week shows up. So <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like it's conspiring against you, Brett, but at the same time, it's sort of, it's sort of conspiring with you because there's really nothing better. No. And the combinations of stuff. I mean, really? It this looks is good. insanity. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg and I are having this conversation this morning. And Greg says to me, Ah, you know what? A lot of people say that fall is their favorite season, and I don't believe it. I don't believe it. To which I immediately said, Fall actually is my favorite season. To which I said, Why? So so we're right now we want to talk not so much about fall necessarily, but the transition from summer to fall, because sometimes it can be jarring. Like it was nice. Like Saturday was a perfect day. It was beautiful, sunny, not too hot, not windy at all. And then Sunday was garbage. And then yesterday was kind of nice, but it was, you know, it was breezy. And with that wind, it was chilly. And uh, like fall 2019 was awful. Fall 2018 was terrible. So it can be awful. The transition can be brutal. But we wanted to know what you guys think. Do you like September and the transition to fall. So we got Jeff Braun here. We got Skylar Peters here. We got producer Jeff Forte. Forte, smiling oh, yeah. Forte. Why don't we start with you? Oh, I love, I love the transition. Number one, uh, since we work early mornings, I love it that it gets darker early. Oh, yeah. like I even stayed up later last night. Stayed up later than I usually do, uh, just so I could watch the sun set. And it's, uh, it's so nice. And I love the cool breeze. I slept with my door open last night. Ah, it's so nice. Okay. Uh, That's funny. So because it's darker, you stay up later? Well, yeah, I just, because I never, ever get to see the sun set unless it's the weekends. So I end up staying up later just so I can see it and just have that feeling of, oh, yes, finally I can actually go to sleep when, you know, it's getting darker in my room and it just, it it helps me sleep. And sleeping with the door open, I have my uh, sliding door, I keep that open. So I have that nice breeze and the smells so much better. Okay, what about you, Skylar Peters? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say fall is my favorite season, like summer definitely is, but uh, the transition I quite enjoy. I feel like we had, uh, I just looked on the Weather Network yesterday, we have 19 days over 30 this year, so that was a pretty hot summer, so I was kind of ready for it to, to cool off a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, Brett, but uh, I love playing golf in the fall more than the summer, uh, just because I can wear pants and it's comfortable. Um, and I find usually the courses are in really good shape that, you know, greens are really fast and it, uh, kind of feels like you're out playing the British open, you know, you got to bundle <laughs> up a little bit and, you know, sometimes it's, it's windy and it's a different challenge. So, uh, uh, yeah, I really like fall. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it and just nice, crisp, cool air. And yeah, like forts, I keep the uh, window open now and save on AC. I find it's harder to find your ball, though. Oh, yeah. Because of the yeah, leaves. If you hit it, if you hit it in the very trees. frustrating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, depending on the course. Uh, like, some courses are great. Like, Bridges, for example, will bl- they've always got people blowing the leaves out mm-hmm. of the way. Uh, they keep that course in tip-top shape. Bridges is actually probably my favorite place to golf. I prefer golfing in, at Bridges in the fall. It's such a rustic setting. And the, the way that that course is set up, it's just when the trees start to turn, 
colors. So it is gorgeous. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm, I'm going at one today, Brett, so I might have a different feeling about fall uh, after today's round. So well, I'll let you know tomorrow. And here's the thing, Greg, we like we, we talked about the, the jarring transition. So I went golfing yesterday, and I wasn't sure what to wear. Like, should I wear just a golf shirt and shorts? Should I wear pants? Should I bring shorts just in case? Should I wear a sweater or a jacket? So I brought... The jacket. I wore pants. I stuffed some some shorts into my golf bag, thinking I might be able to switch out. No, it was cold. Like it was sunny-ish, but it was windy. I left my jacket on the whole day. the The woman in the beverage cart, she was wearing one of those like light puffy transitional parkas. She was wearing a toque. She was wearing mitts because it was <laughs> when they clouded over. It was cold, and I said, you know what? I like fall golf. I like the clean, crisp air. I think, Loren, you mentioned it yesterday, the air changes. But uh, I was not, I said, I'm not ready for this. Well, I, I like walking in that, though. I love to go for a walk when it's uh, I'm, I'm a pants and hoodie type of guy, so I yeah. love when you have that cold breeze, especially on your face. And when you get back inside, your nose is red, and I don't know, it just it feels good. Wow, I get the sense that Jeff Forche really likes this time of year. He's oh, as I enthusiastic about this topic as any topic we've ever discussed. <laughs> Loren, didn't you mention you were sleeping with a toucan in the tent this past weekend? Yeah, but I like that. I love the 12-hour transition zone and all nine days of fall. I think it's the, the best <laughs> time of year. Exactly. And, and I mean that, though. I think, to me, September, it's really more of the new year than January, you know? It's like it's the crisp air. It's new beginnings. It's all sort of there's hope. Their kids are going back. There's smiles on their faces. You might have a new pair of boots you can't wait to put on. One of our listeners wrote about her new boots, and I, that's me. I, I love. I do love fall. And like I said, I hate how short it is. I hate the transition from fall to winter. Winter because that's supremely harsh. It feels every year, but. I think this is a great time of year. Yeah, and on the subject of September being a new year, for me, it is literally the new year. My birthday is in September. So that could also be a reason why I have a, I, I like September. Although I do I prefer October as a month to September. But And somebody asked another interesting question, which we'll have to shelve for another time. Is there going to be Halloween mm. this year? But, well, I will remind you that this time last year, we were five weeks removed from that major snowstorm on the uh, Thanksgiving long weekend. <laughs> Get out of here. Jeff Braun, what about you? Are you, th- are you present? I am here. Uh, sorry, Brett. I want to go back to your golf game. And this is uh, along the, vo- the same vein as uh, Kramer's. I was going to re- wearing the pants I was going to return. Uh, you were going to take your pants off on the golf course and switch on the shorts? <laughs> yeah, I did that all the time, all the other golfers? Or... I, I just go tuck That's myself crazy. behind the, uh, the golf cart. Why not? No one, no one, I'll just do it to find a <laughs> private spot to do it. No problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. That just blows my mind. That's awesome. Uh, no, I don't like fall. Fall can uh, suck it and go back where it came from and let's have summer for three more months. Boom. All right, this is to remind me is that. me convinced and then Jeff Braun brought me back to right where I started. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I'm with you, Greg. Every time someone says fall's my favorite season, the first thing I do is I, I just hammer them with questions and I'm like no it isn't you're lying i get it that the <laughs> to quote marge simpson the foliage is nice but that's it it's pretty but it's it's winter is coming and it's horrible i like the clean crisp air i like the, the smells the, ground, the colors yeah yeah summer smells nice too like, it, not uh, as well, nice <laughs> and i live by the brady now. landfill uh and i beg to differ <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And 
And just a quick text message here at 204-780-6868 from Teresa, who is with Jeff Braun. She says, fall can suck it, L-O-L. I'm with you, Jeff. Um, Teresa. Expletive autumn. Come on. <laughs> Which clean, starts with the Teresa. same letter as fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so keep that feedback coming, 204-780-6868, on the transition from summer to fall. And, of course, fall means school one day and counting for teachers to get back into schools and uh, seven days and counting for students to get back into school for the first time in over five months. Yeah, while many had school for several months there from March to June, there might have been some kids who treated as much time as possible as a holiday of sorts as we squished all that schoolwork together in those three months. And then there might have been others who were really diligent with their studies through March and June and really worked hard on their homeschooling. So now we know as the various school divisions and individual schools release their back-to-school plans, kids, of course, are getting warmed up to the idea, I think, Greg, that real life, as we like to call it, is... uh, Almost underway. Yeah, well, I'd like to interview some kids on this aspect of September and how they're feeling right now. But we're going to go to one of our experts. We like to go to them on these situations and these these conversations for tips and setting up ourselves and our kids for success. So I'm a math guy, guy. Forgot about this. <laughs> He'll be singing it all day now, I promise you, Brett. Yeah. Will Penner is the founder of Mathopoly, and he is the math guy. <laughs> He's also a teacher and a father getting all his stuff together for the restart. Good morning, Will. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? You know that video has uh, over 35,000 hits on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do the math on that. How many a day is it? Anyway. So how are you getting yourself psyched up for tomorrow? Let's uh, go first on the teacher side. I think we're actually really excited. I think we're all looking forward to some normalcy uh, some, in some way and um, seeing uh, students again, seeing our colleagues again, being back in the school. Yeah, I think I think we, there's an anticipation and, and uh, yeah, I think we're really looking forward to it for sure. Well, is there a part of you that sort of just kind of wants to get on with it because it's been over-consuming? It's all we've talked about really for the past few weeks it, for many parents is that lingering question of school. What's it going to look like? How it's going to work? Masks and all the rest. And part of me just wants it to happen so we can see yeah. how it's going to work and move forward. Definitely. I, I, I do think there's that. I mean, there's always that sort of that anxiety that you start getting in the little, you know, in August and, and knowing that school is approaching. And, um, but this year is absolutely different. And uh, I think we do just want to start getting into it and and knowing exactly how things are going to run every single day and knowing that there are things put in place for safety and and for the educational part of it, of course. But um, I think we do just want to start and get and get it and get it going. What about for for high schoolers? You know, like a lot of them are going to be doing half days uh, at school, half days distance learning. Uh, how do you keep them engaged or get them ready to? to stay engaged when they're doing that distance learning? I, I think, you know, like, I, I kind of looked at this, like I knew I was going to be on, and I, I kind of looked at what would I do or what would I say to the listeners or, or to you guys. And, and I think I, for, for high school especially, I think it's one of those things where if you can become a tutor, I think being a tutor is, is an awesome um, thing to keep up with your math. 
It doesn't mean tutoring uh, elementary students. It could be tutoring a peer. It could be tutoring someone a grade lower than you. It could be tutoring a parent. But just going through what you have been taught uh, either this year or been taught in the previous years and just rehashing your knowledge that way um, is a great way to keep up with your with your math knowledge. Um, another thing that goes along with tutoring, of course, would be, you know, the business aspect of it. You know, if you're, if you're getting money from it, it's even, it's even more of a math uh, concept because now you're looking at um, your time, you're looking at money involved, you're looking at your expenses if you have expenses and things like that. So there are different ways that especially high school students can keep engaged if they know, well, this could also be a business opportunity, but also just rehashing again, what have I been taught? Um, how can I get this across to other, to other kids, other students, other parents? Um, and then that keeps up with their math knowledge as well. Well, I think that's a great idea. I'm just uh, going back to my days in the restaurant business and the concept of train the trainer. That's A, how your boss knew you had the concepts, but I always found that when I went through that process, I was very comfortable that I knew the steps and the processes and the things involved in that aspect uh, of my job. Yeah, I think think what happens to it sometimes is that you surprise yourself at how much you do know. Right when when you're faced with a question or a concept, um, let's, well, obviously in math in this in this way, but um, and then all of a sudden you start explaining it to somebody else, and you're like, you know what? I really I really do understand this, and I can get this idea or this concept across to someone else who maybe didn't understand it as well as I do, and now they do, and it becomes a chain reaction, right? And I think that's a great opportunity for students, and not just high school students. I mean, middle year students as well can tutor younger younger students. So it's not just a high school thing, but once you start explaining uh, concepts um, to other people, you do surprise yourself sometimes for sure with how much you do know. What concern, Will, is there is, you know, we head into this year, it's unlike any other, as you said, we've never been through this before. And always when the school year starts, there's a bit of a learning curve again for kids because their brains have maybe taken a bit of a break. But the break they've just had now... <laughs> Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but right, like you, you know, the kids come in and they're like, "I don't remember how to do decimals. I don't remember fractions." They do; they just haven't done them for a while. But it's it, their brains were not doing what they would normally do for the past five months. Right. I think for many of them. So, how do we retrain that or get that back on track without losing any ground? Well, I mean, we're used to seeing the summer slide, as we call it, right, where we have those two two months where we have to sort of um, reintroduce certain concepts. Um, but I think, I think the biggest thing that I had written down um, was that we need to know and students need to know and parents need to know when to take a break. Um, we are not going to relearn or uh, master concepts within a couple of hours or in even a couple of days or if it, even if it takes a couple of weeks. But we need to know to when to take a break. Uh, we all take breaks as adults when we're doing uh, different things around the house or even at our work. Um, so stressing that you have to understand this, you have to understand this. We need to, we need to move on is not, is not a good approach, uh, in this, in this situation, especially now with the five months, it's not just a summer slide, but for many students, it's been five months off. Um, so we need to know when we need to take a breath and just breathe and, and take a break from, from the math and just stepping aside. And it's not just math, any concept in if it's science, if it's ELA, if it's social studies, just different things. You need to know when to step aside and take a break for yourself. All right. Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us as always. Much appreciate the time, sir. 
No problem. Take care, guys. All right. It is Tuesday just after 7.30, which means what, Jeff Fortier? My computer frozen. There we go. There it is. Gonna gotcha. <laughs> Football noise. Wah, wah. Breakfast with the bombers. Brought to you by the cooperators. <laughs> Find an advisor at cooperators.ca. A better place for you. And in usual times, we would be getting ready for many things associated with the Labor Day weekend. Camping and a visit to the cottage are options still on the table for many of us our first round or 50th round of golf is also an option i'll be pushing i think i'm north of 50 already this year Mm. it's been a good year that's incredible well one of the things that's not on the table this weekend is a trip to regina now that's not to say you couldn't go to regina this weekend if you really wanted to and i I feel like I need to point out that Greg wrote this line here because we know he wouldn't go to Regina <laughs> even if we paid him properly. But the event most Manitobans head to this week, and of course, in the Saskatchewan capital, is on hiatus, Greg. It's the Labor Day Classic. Here are the sounds from last year's game because we need more reasons to miss Blue Bomber football. Strebler is in the gun, and he'll give it to Augustine. Good hole left side of the 50. Center field, the rider 50, the 45, the 40, the 35, the 30. Augustine, the 20, the 15, the 10, and down to the 9-yard line. What a great move he made, Doug, just as he broke the line of scrimmage. First and goal at the Ryder 9. Ball's on the left hash. Strebler, back to pass, throws it into the end zone. Touchdown! Kenny Lawler, deep in the end zone, hauls it in, and the Blue Bombers very quickly narrow the gap. Here we go, third and goal at the one-yard line. Strebler under center. Which side does he go? Right side, and he's in for the touchdown. And Lowther will line up to kick a 26-yard field goal. He'll let the clock run down until there's only a second or two left, and if he makes it, the game will be over. It'll be from left hash. There's the snap, the ball down, the kick is up, and it is good. And the Riders have won it. 19-17. Yeah, okay, so I admit the outcome wasn't tremendous, but that was an incredible day, and the Blue Bombers lost that visit to Mosaic Stadium to the Rough Riders 366 days ago. But we know what they did 11 weeks later in the same stadium on their way to the 2019 Grey Cup Championship. Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com joins us now to discuss last year's game and the history of the Labor Day Classic. Good morning, Ed. Morning, guys. How are you? Doing really well. So is the Labor Day Classic or the Sunday of Labor Day weekend the best of the CFL rivalry games? Yeah, I think it is, Greg. Um, You know, there's the Battle of Alberta, of course, and then Hamilton and Toronto always beat on Labor Day, too. But this one's special. I can remember back in the 90s uh, when the CFL was going through some tough times after the U.S. expansion. Uh, The New York Times tried to capture the importance of the league to Canadians, and they sent a reporter to the the Labor Day Classic in Regina to to paint the scene. And and I remember the the writer kind of being blown away at, 
at just the, the environment around the game, even in troubled times for the league. So it's a special weekend. It's a special game, and it it's still making my heart break a little bit hearing Bob uh, call the game and, and hearing fans in the background, too, from last year's game. It, it's just something that I know a lot of people are going to miss this weekend. And correct me if I'm wrong. Or I'm just trying to I'm remembering something on the spot here. I seem to recall there being a controversy. We're going back well over a decade now, but I think there was a controversy because the Blue Bombers and the Riders Labor Day Classic was not aired on television because there was some sort of a dog competition. Yes. There was a. It was delayed. Yeah, you're right, uh, Brett. It was delayed for a couple of hours, and and then people are saying, well, what's the point of having live sports if it's not shown live? So. There's been all kinds of things wrapped around this game because it's got such a long history. Remember a couple of years ago, the Bombers were 7-1 and one and the uh, the Riders were 1-7 and seven and, and they, the Bombers bought billboards in Regina to kind of rub it in their faces. And of course, the Riders then went out and beat them in the Labor Day game. There's all kinds of stories like that. It's just a special game because these are the two best teams for fan bases in the league and it's just a real, it's a mini Grey Cup for a couple of nights in Regina. People start rolling in on the Friday and they stay there through the Sunday night and, and roll back to Winnipeg Monday, hungover, but usually in, either in a good mood or a bad mood. Lately, it's been in a bad mood because the Bombers have had lost 14 of the last 15 Labor Day Classics after last year's loss. You know, it's so hard to – we had a listener just now, Gary, text in, even just listening to the football sounds and the noise from the game had mm-hmm. him in tears because we're missing so much right now. And we were talking, Ed, this morning about fall and our transition into fall and how much we like it. Um, as we pursue – as we look to the idea that there's no season coming and Bombers are allowing their players to pursue other opportunities right now, I'm curious if that's something that they're obligated to do or, or are moving forward with. Well, a lot of players with the, the – the agreement with the CFL Players Association, they're giving guys the right to get out of their contract. It's been extended. The deadline was supposed to be last night to allow players to look around for their opportunities. Theodric uh, Hansen has signed in Poland. There's a few other guys. There's, I think there's close to 10 bombers that are trying to get an NFL look. You know, There's only a handful of veteran players, including Janarian Grant and Kenny Lawler. A lot of them are rookies that had signed to come up here to, to take their shot. But since that window's been closed with the cancellation of the season, they're giving them the chance to, to go somewhere. But it's it's really tough, Loren, now because NFL teams are already in camp. And I know a few guys are getting looks on the side uh, almost as a free agent workout. But it's going to be tough for some of these guys to find another football opportunity before next year. That game you talked about that was delayed and not shown on TV, Brett? It was 18 years ago, and the reason I remember is because it was the day of my mom's funeral. Oh, geez. And wow. we used to do a lot of things around sports in our family, and we thought it was pretty special that a thunderstorm in North Carolina would delay a NASCAR race, which is why TSN couldn't broadcast the game until the race was over, so they played the Blue Bomber game in tape delay. And so my brothers and I got to see the game start to finish uh, because of that. The Bombers did not win that year, but uh, we kind of figured my mom had something to do with that to make sure that we uh, saw that game. So uh, the Blue Bombers are connected to so many parts of our lives, uh, Ed, inside, outside, in life, and apparently in death as well. Yeah, that's a 
kind of a sad story and a funny one at the same time. Greg. Oh, yes. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I've got a newspaper article from the Winnipeg Tribune from 1951, which is the game that we're going to be looking at today on our website. And it's just uh, Jack Jacobs came off the bench to, to, to lead the Bombs to victory in that game. But back then, if you recall, they also played back-to-back games. So they played Thursday and Sunday of that year, and, and the head coach of the Bombers had rested a bunch of uh, his starters in the Sunday game because they were so banged up and then dropped them out in the fourth quarter, and they rallied the win. So it's just there's such a great history with this game, and it's fun to go back and take a look at some of the, the classic games over the years. Ed Tate, BlueBombers.com, joining us live on 680 CJOB. And, of course, you can get more at BlueBombers.com. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated, sir. Yeah, right on. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Mackling McGarry McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning on 680 CJOB. We'll talk LeBurger Week. At 8.45 with a host of the main ingredient here on 680 CJOB, Kevin Bergen. 131 restaurants involved this year. We've been salivating over various options. Like, Loren, you found one where the bun is made of, like, fried mac and cheese crust. mac and cheese, which I think with maybe a panko crust or a breadcrumb crust. I don't care. It's It's just a whole load of goodness a boatload of goodness in that burger yeah so i'm my tummy is rumbling did you know that gabby marchand over at global news morning is getting burgers dropped off here to try like i thought when we moved into this building Teamwork. the whole point was that we would be looped That's in on these right there's a symbiotic the relationship something that we could teamwork we could rally behind one another but i guess when there's food involved yeah the line in the sand has been drawn Although well, I'm glad because I I'm not chim- there. Exactly. So I, just, I, I would just point. be mad or more I would, mad. I was just going to say, maybe the fact that Loren is not here mm. is the reason why. Because if we can't all enjoy it together, then it just wouldn't be the same. Maybe uh, this is happening because I didn't share my fish sticks with <laughs> Gabby this morning. Oh, <laughs> revenge. You don't want to share your cold fish sticks? Well, I won't Come share on. your burger. Fine. All right. Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. We have just updated it at cjob.com, and we will get it up on Twitter as well at 680CJOB. We have a modified version of the poll already on our 680CJOB Instagram story. And the question is, do you enjoy the transition from summer to fall? Your options are, yes, I love it. No, I hate it. Or, meh, cast your vote at cjob.com. Or like I said on uh, Instagram, I'm just looking at the results right now. Uh, So far, it's about two to one on Instagram for yeah. And so two two to one in, in, in yeah versus yuck, no. So cast your vote there. And like I said, we'll put it on Twitter uh, shortly. Cheese, cheese. Ah, and more cheese. For for anybody who remembers Disney's Rescue Rangers, it was a cartoon from the late 80s, early 90s, I think. There was a character named Monterey Jack, and he was like this big, burly sort of... He was like the the goon, or not the goon, but he was the muscle. Okay. But he would... 
become incapacitated when he was around cheese. He would catch a, the, a whiff of it, yeah. and then his like whiskers would sort of twirl out, and his eyes would bug out, and he would just go, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, cheese! Well, he would be in hard times this week. Bacon in multiple forms, and items which normally... Don't appear on hamburgers are appearing on hamburgers this week. Yeah, we know that restaurants in and around the city of Winnipeg are upping their burger game big time. Some of them to the point that they will sell very little else over the next several days. Last night on Twitter, somebody asked if there was a Tinder for the burger cheeseburger week, Lorraine. I think, I think that's a great idea, except for you would just hear all sorts of groaning if people had that, and it would just, it might get a little creepy because the burger photos that are even on the page for Le Burger Week um, are so tantalizing that they have derailed me twice this morning <laughs> as we have conversations. So Kevin Bergen, of course, is the host of The Main Ingredient, heard here on 680 CJOB. He's all over social media, and he joins us now. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Why do we love this Burger Week so much? Because it, it might be one of the favorite food items on many people's list. You know, I don't know what kind of childhood uh, Brett had, but um, <laughs> I watched a lot of cartoons. I do not remember that cartoon that he just said. But the reaction to burgers is literally the reaction that everybody's going to have this week to, uh, to the Burger Week. And now, you know, the Cheeseburger Week, since uh, there is cheese involved, 100%. So um, I'm looking at this one, the Highs Steak and Lobster Burger. Anything with lobster, I'm in for this, Bergen. It's $39.95. It's a Parmesan cheese-infused Canadian prime rib beef burger patty, panko breaded deep-fried lobster tail. I could go on and on. They've limited the number of burgers they're selling to five hundred. So I sort of touched on it. There are some places who are going to be selling very little else other than burgers this week. Fair to say? A hundred percent. I can't believe, like when you think of that number, that they have to limit it to 500. Like 500 burgers is a lot and you have to limit yourself to 500. And that goes to show how popular this week is. Like it's the eighth year that this event is taking place in Winnipeg. And that's the ninth year overall. And it started in Montreal. And I kind of wonder, you know, with the whole COVID thing, how, you know, if the event was going to take place and if it did, what the reaction would be as far as restaurants signing up went. But they have 131 restaurants participating this year, and there's a waiting list. I think they had like 30 or 40 on a waiting list. People were eager to get in, and, and for good reason. One, Winnipeggers love burgers. Winnipeggers love cheese. And the restaurants need it. You know, like when you're, again, when you're limiting yourself to 500 burgers, it goes to show that all these restaurants, yeah, sell probably 500 to 1,000 plus burgers in this week. And uh, they are super creative in their, in, their, in their approach. Like I went to Juneberry last week on, uh, on St. Mary's, which is a new brunch spot, which is awesome. You guys got to go there. And they have a, um, a lamb Marcella burger, which is 60% lamb, 40% pork. And the stuff this guy puts in his burger is just ridiculous. So I'm sure that, you know, Winnipeggers are really going to enjoy this week. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, I put up uh, sort of a sampling of some of the burgers on our 680 CJOB Instagram page. Uh, one of the burgers, for example, Tavern United Polo Park has a Mac Attack smashed burger. Uh, they all look super creative, super um, yummy. But uh, Kevin, like 131 restaurants, even where Montreal, where it was founded, only has 33 restaurants. So, yeah, Winnipeg loves the Burger Week, but you touched on it here. Like how just how important is this? week for these restaurants given what they've gone through over the last six months 
Yeah, again, last year, a lot of the restaurants after Burger Week had to take the day off. Like a lot of them were closed the next day because they were just so smoked. And yeah, when it comes to that kind of income, that they've taken such a big hit. Um, those that have survived so far um, can really use the income to, to, you know, try to supplement a lot of the stuff that they've lost. So I know that this year there is no voting component because, you know, I guess just being in the event, you're a winner. Um, and a, a lot of the money, they're still doing the same thing as far as raising money for United Way. So last year, they raised almost $65,000 for United Way. So a dollar to every burger is going towards that. So it's, it's good for everybody, not just the restaurants, everybody involved. It's, it's, it's a really important event. And I know a lot of people were kind of concerned about, you know, um, as far as socially distancing. But all of the restaurants follow the, provin- the province's guidelines. And, you know, you, you, you can still do curbside pickup. You can still order and have it delivered. So there's a, it, an event like this, no matter how, how large, can be done safely. Personal question, Kevin, do you have a food item that you think doesn't go with the burger? Because they add all sorts of things this week that you don't often see. And and we mentioned mac and cheese, and and there's not just the onions and bacon, but people will make all sorts of additions to the burger. Is there one thing you don't like on your burger? No. In in my opinion, (laughs) a burger burger is anything in between two buns is considered a burger to me. Lamb, chicken, lobster. You can throw anything on it. I don't care. You know what I mean? And I, I now I used to hate Brussels sprouts, and now I don't even hate those. So, I, you know, I, I don't, as long as it tastes good, I, I don't care, man. I burn, anything makes a great burger. Okay. The, more, the more sauce and the messier, the better. So there's nothing that doesn't go on a burger. All right. So next time with uh, on the main ingredient, uh, it's the, the burger with uh, the whiskers uh, from your cat's uh, pantry. <laughs> Kevin Burger, host of the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Always good to talk to you, buddy. We appreciate it. All right. Have a good morning, guys. Increasing cloud today with a chance of rain and a risk of thunderstorms. Southwest wind at 30, gusting to 50. The high 21. I'm laughing because Brett McGarry just came running into the studio. He was pretty much on time to read this weather. Do you have the breath to do it, McGarry? I think I can muster that. Let's see here. Where were You were increasing cloud chance of rain, risk of thunderstorms. Southwest wind up to 50 kilometers an hour, the high 21. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Partly cloudy tonight, a low of 9, mostly cloudy tomorrow. Chance of rain, high of 21 Thursday, mostly sunshine and a high of 17. It's 9 degrees outside 680. CJOB. Where were you, Brett? <sighs> I go downstairs because I, I brought my car today. That was one of the things that went wrong. I, I was so far behind, I just said, I'll just drive to work. I'll park on the street. I learned that you get one hour. I forgot that you get one hour free, complimentary. So the 8 to 9 o'clock hour was covered. And then at 9 o'clock, I'll just use the pay-by-phone app. No problem. Convenient, right? Very convenient. When it works. Oh, yeah. So then I realized I can't get this thing to load. It won't load the location code. So I had to run around the corner to buy a ticket. And I'm running back into the building. And then as I round the corner, there was this tiny woman who looked terrified as this big 6'4 guy comes barreling around the corner. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, so I got in the elevator. She got off on the 29th floor. We're on the 30th. So I come running through the halls. I'm, 
I almost had to push Tristan Field Jones out of the way, <laughs> which actually would have made my day. Yeah. <laughs> you should have done it. A lot you of know us what? are thinking. You need to start wearing a GoPro. I miss all those downtown office interactions and your elevator Ooh, interactions. GoPro. So I want you to just to put a camera on yourself and we can just watch this live. <laughs> okay, maybe next time. This is, this is reminding me of the Blue Bomber game where Russ Hobson used to patrol the sidelines for the CGOB broadcast and yeah. he would do the report on the injury and things that were happening in the Blue Bomber bench. I would do the halftime show, but Russ was on holidays, so I had to do a player interview on the Blue Bomber 30-yard line, and then I had 120 seconds to get up to the press box to host the halftime show. I was so out of breath, but I did make it. You made it. I did make it. How? I don't know how I made it, but I did. And uh, Kim Lawson, if you're listening, I know you harvested that audio and you've tucked it away somewhere because the first 45 seconds of that halftime show was like this. I could have been arrested for the way I was speaking on air. This is a football game, Greg. This isn't uh, some erotic entertainment. Something. All right. Anyway, I made it. And just in time for back to school because it starts one week today. And as of today, school zone enforcement mm. is back in effect. I probably would have gotten a ticket if I wasn't a school zone because I think I was. I would have clocked in at 35, <laughs> 40 kilometers an hour as I was running back to the building. So that means you have to watch your speed in the school zones from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. It's 30 kilometers per hour. While that law has been in effect for years, this year it comes with a new message from Winnipeg police that we need to be extra vigilant at as there could be more kids on the streets. Here's Inspector Gord Spado. Could be more kids walking, could be more kids on their bikes. Uh, the buses are, are limited in their accessibility these days with COVID-19. And uh, yeah, we could see a lot more kids out uh, using active transportation. So that's really interesting to me. That's something I never thought about, guys, because we have, of course... Um, more kids potentially on the street, as he mentioned, they might not be able to take the bus. We know school zones or school divisions have been scrambling to figure out transportation. So you might be letting your kid walk to school this year when you weren't before or walking with them. They might be taking the bus at least or the bike for the fall. There just could be all sorts of different changes in effect. So school enforcement becomes vig- important. But one of the big complaints about school zone enforcement is the lack of signage warning drivers that are about to enter a school zone and that's of course where Chuck Lewis comes in he's the owner of Expert Electric and he's more than three years ago Chuck went to City Hall with an offer to install free programmable flashing lights at school zones right across the city that offer years in the making was finally accepted in June but now we want to know where are the lights so Chuck Lewis joins us now good morning Chuck good morning so let us know I know you've been working on this for years now are lights going up this fall, or are we still not there yet? No, we're there, actually. The city gave uh, approval in June, so what I'm waiting for now is just to, them to select the school to start with, and then we'll be installing that on that school, hopefully uh, before the long weekend's out. That's encouraging news, Chuck. Uh, you don't know what school it is, so is it just going to be one for a short period of time? Tell us how this is rolling out. Well, I think that the plan was that they wanted to install one set at a school and just do a test site to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, which I'm fine with, right? Like, I know they'll work quite fine. And then after that, then they're going to roll out one school per month, and the city gets to choose the schools. 
How many schools, like if, if we were to max out, uh, do you know what the, the max number would be? You know what? I really, I really don't because it'll be up to the city to decide which schools they want them at. Like not every school is going to get them. They're, they're going to pick which choice location and they're just going to, you know, continuously knock them off one at a time. So uh, I guess we'll, the course will tell over the course of time, right? We've been saying, Chuck, you know, that whether you like it or don't like it or you get annoyed by the enforcement, it is there. It's not likely to go away. And so if we're going to have it, give us a better warning. Let us know we're in a school zone. Let us know we're there. Uh, Because if you traverse different parts of the city, you don't always know that street that you're on. And you don't know that right around the corner, oops, I'm suddenly in a school zone. Why has this been such a passion for you to get these signs going? Well, like I've said before, it's like for me, it's a little closer to heart because I've actually seen... uh two kids get hit and drugged down the road. So, like, you know what I mean? It's a little uh, closer to home, I guess. And that was in winter when a guy didn't scrape his windshields properly. So I know the importance of how safety can be in, sa- in school zones. I mean, you put up the beacons, it doesn't matter if it's raining, dark, your uh, window's uh, fogged, you'll still see the beacons flashing, right? And, you know, like right now, too, with COVID going back on, a lot of the kids that can't take school buses, they have to walk to school. And those kids, you know, aren't going to be very familiar with the, the streets and whatnot. So... Um, any extra precautions that we can throw out there to help them, like, let's do it, right? Well, it sounds like a, an incredibly reasonable approach, a pragmatic approach. Even just speaking with you right now, Chuck, just that whole realization that even though kids, you know, a lot of us expect them to know that they're supposed to look both ways before they cross the street. If you don't have a ton of experience, and let's face it, kids don't grow up the same way these days as we did when we were younger. They're, you know, they spend a lot more time at home and organize sports and just running off to the playground is something we did, but kids don't do as much of that these days. And so they just might not be as familiar with the lay of the land, so to speak. Yeah, like we're going to be rolling out a safety program at the same time when we award the schools uh, for the students, just for them to understand, like, you know, take your earbuds out, make eye contact with the car, make sure it's stopped, uh, crossing between parked vehicles, school bus safety, because that's part of it, right? Like just giving a school beacons really doesn't do, like it helps. Obviously, it helps the drivers and whatnot, but you also want to sort of enforce it with the kids about the safety and whatnot, because you'd hate to you know, give a school some beacons and have a kid get hurt because just because he ran out and he thought he was safe. They still have to understand there's road precautions that they have to take. Right. Elmer, the safety elephant, rides again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you just got a kid drilling at home until it works, right? You know, I, I'm just, in terms of these blinking lights, I mean, I, I think this is such a great idea because I can't tell you how many times where, particularly if I'm in an area that I'm not super familiar with. Like if I, well, no, even the areas that I am familiar with, you drive into a school zone and you don't realize you're there until you're in it. Like I've driven by, I don't know how many signs where I, I look and I go, whoop, school zone. And I realize I'm doing 40 or 45 yeah. and then I got to yeah. hammer the brakes. So, but if you see that light, uh, it gives you that, that heads up. And I think that's super important. And it also works to get people to slow down sooner. Yeah. And like you, you see these from like three, four blocks away. And another one too is like when it's dark, that's when the real danger is. So these beacons really have a lot more punch power. And if there's tree coverage, because right now with all the leaves, you really don't see the school zone signs. Most of them are covered in leaves, right? So if you have a flashing light, it's going to draw your attention to it, and you're going to realize you're entering a zone that you should slow down in. Okay, so Chuck, just before we let you go again, signs will start going up this weekend, but as you understand it, it won't be all schools that get them. Do you have a total number for how many will be receiving them again? Well, again, what we, the plan was is to do one a month with the city, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. Like, if they want to accelerate it, like, you know what I mean? We'll have talks at that. But um, let's, uh, to me, the biggest thing is let's just get them going, right? 
Like, even if we do one school a month, like if I would have did this five years ago, half the schools would have been covered. So, you know what I mean? Let's just start the process. All right. Chuck Lewis, Expert Electric, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Chuck, thank you for this. We appreciate the time as always, sir. All right, guys. Play safe. And by the way, since it's September 1st, we're asking you the question, do you enjoy the transition from summer to fall? We know it's not fall yet. We're in the transition period. So the question of the day, by the way, brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Do you enjoy the transition from summer to fall? So far, 67% say, yeah, I love it. 33% say, no, I hate it. No votes so far for meh. Cast your vote at cjob.com. We've also thrown it up on Twitter at 680CJOB or on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram and you can cast your vote in our story. Are the phone lines jacked? They are locked and loaded, Brett McGarry. Here is today's question at 204-780-6868. According to a new survey, this is the number one thing guys lie about. What is it? Again, according to a new survey, this is the number one thing guys lie about. Did you hear the question, Bill? Yep. Okay, what's the answer? This is not you now. This is this is most men, so we won't indict you based on your answer. <laughs> Six inches. <laughs> okay, there it is. I wonder, was wondering how long hey, it would he take. He shot his shot. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take to go down that one. <laughs> Who's next? Gary's next. Good morning, Gary. Morning. What's your guess? Um, what do guys lie about say, the most? I'm going to say their debt. Their debt. Their debt. That is a great guess. The last thing you want to tell the first date, Loren, is, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I've got like $10,000 in credit debt and uh, I haven't paid my phone bill in three months. But, hey, I'm, a, I'm an eligible bachelor. Well, most the response from most people on the other side of the table might just be, so do I. So, Oh, good point. Kindred spirits. Oh, you might, uh, yeah, you, you might not be a very good couple. So the answer, that's not the answer? No. Thanks, Gary. All right, thanks. You bet. Have a great day. We're going to go to Evan now. Good morning, Evan. Good morning. According to a new survey, this is the number one thing guys lie about. What is it? Is it just in general or to their spouses? Uh, just in general. I'm curious. How to much know. money they make? No, that's not it. But if it was the spouses, what would, would there be a different answer? I was thinking their their sexual history, their past. Oh, like the number. Yeah. What's, the, what's the what's the number? I'm not telling you that. You really want to know yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. That's always a hot potato of a question. Oh, oh, why it ever gets asked know. is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, thanks for your guest. Thanks for listening. We're going to go to Marilyn. Marilyn, hopefully you don't know too much about this from your point of view, but I have a sense you're going to have a good guess here. Okay, I'm just going to go basic. I'm going to say their age. No, no. <clears throat> but that's a great guess. Okay. That's always that's something I actually wrestled with when I first went on Tinder because I I tried I went with just my age and then I actually bumped it down to below 40 and I had better luck when I was north of 40, which is weird. It was not a uh, TV show. Oh, no, it's north of 60. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> not quite there yet. <laughs> Good morning, Ron. Hey, I'll say wait. You're, uh, you're he- we'll say he's heating up. In NBA jam terms, as we like to say, he's heating up, but that's not it. 
Thanks for the call, Ron. Okay, Have a great day. We appreciate it. According to a new survey, this is the number one thing guys lie about. What is it? Pearl, you know. It's height. It is their height. How do you lie about that? Yay! Good job, Pearl. Do you have experience with this? Someone in your life who maybe is a liar about their height? Um, No. Just me. I always say I'm five four and a half, but I'm actually <laughs> five four. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Julie Buckingham, co-host of the of the news on CJOB from four till seven. Uh, congratulations, you've won yourself a large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia. Yay! I'm going to put you on hold. Greg's oh. going to put you on hold. Jeff Forte is going to get your details off the air. Yeah, Loren, their height. What do you think about that? I think that's a pretty common thing for people to do, and I I think because of because of online dating, it's easier to make mm. those claims right you can say you're six feet and uh, sort of lure them in and then when you go out on that date people are it's quite clear what your height is or isn't but sometimes <laughs> this is going to take us down the wrong path sometimes it really is only a matter of centimeters and so i'm not really sure why there's the need <laughs> to lie about that like you're five eleven and a half so you just say six like what i don't know yeah <clears throat> well i got deceived by uh my, my uh, first wife and uh, I've only had one. Uh, when we started dating, I remember asking her, how tall are you? Oh, five, seven. So, of course, our boys are growing all the time. And so every once in a while, we will measure the boys. And so Alexander's pushing six feet now. And I can remember when he passed Jackie, I measured him and I'm like, hold on. He's five, six and he's taller than you. Oh, I'm 5'7". How can he be 5'5"? Five, five? Well, you're not 5'7", are you? You're 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> but I think it happens early on because it, I might have this memory wrong, but my license says 5'4", and I don't think I've ever been 5'4". Nobody so I, measured so you. So I don't think anybody measures you. They just say to you, like, what's your weight? What's your height? You're like, ah, I'm a sweet 125'4". What do you think about that? And they put it down, and then you... You never, you never look at it again. That's where the lie begins, I think. I can't remember where it began for me. But it's, do you fib about your height? Uh, well, I round up. When you I, do? I'm closer to the round down, but I round up. At some point in my life, I was told 6'4", yeah. but uh, I'm actually closer to 6'3". I'm over 6'3". But I'm not quite six three and a half. But I always go six. I always just say six four. Interesting yeah. thing I've learned about you today. And that was confirmed when we visited Body Measure when they did when they did the the weight and the height and the the height and I, I stood as tall as I could and still didn't quite get the six four. But you know what? For when people ask me how tall I am, six four. Isn't like isn't it enough? Once you get past six feet, is that not enough for you, man? You can't just take six three. Uh, there, there's a different strata. There's not. You know, there's six one, like six men. two. When you're six one or six nah. two, you're sort of yeah, okay, you're above average. But when you get six three, six four, six five, then you're impressive. That's an in- impressive stature. Yeah, and actually, oh my God, is this correct? My driver's license says I'm 191 centimeters, and I've just done the math. That's under six three. That can't. I'm pretty sure a body measure. I was at least six three. So you didn't do yourself Honestly, any up. any uh, any uh, favors there. No, I didn't. So I'm really lying. That's totally an arbitrary number. Yeah. Nobody measured you at the DMV the first time you got your license, right? They just they ask you how tall are you. 
That's six, what I mean. Six, six more. The, you know what yeah. this? I wonder if this measurement is from when I was a teenager. Could be. Right? Because I probably still would have had a couple. Like, I got my license when I was 16. Oh, yeah. You grew after that. For sure you did. Okay. Let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure you did, Brett. <laughs> what, ever know anybody who changed the, uh, the size in their jeans, Loren? Um, no. Yeah. No, I don't think I've known anybody, but I know people do do that. Well, they'll write down Jerry? Um, what they are, right? I, oh, I'm only a 28 when they're not, and they'll change it. And I know certain brands just size bigger than others. So I have known people that say, oh, like I only like to get my jeans there because there I'm still a size 8. You're like, but you're not, right? But at that store I am, so, yeah. you know, that's what I'm going with. Guys lie about their shoe size as well. That's for a different reason. Yeah, right? I know, uh, yeah well, you know what they say about guys with big feet. They have big shoes. Big shoes. Big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually learned uh, that I was wearing the wrong size shoes for years because I remember like too small, in, too big, uh, too big. Because in because and this goes to, this goes to what you were talking about, Loren. How some clothes from uh, clothes from one store will fit you differently than clothes from another store. I bought this pair of basketball shoes when I was a teenager, and I needed a size twelve because the eleven was just too small. It was too snug, uh, so I just always bought size twelve. And for years, I was buying shoes that are too big. I'm much closer to an 11. And it felt way, like it suddenly was like, wow, this is what a comfortable shoe is supposed to feel mm. like. I'm sliding around in all my shoes. Sneakers, like the basketball shoes, that was different because those are heavily padded shoes. So the 12 I could get away with. But uh, regular shoes, I was walking around in canoes. I confess I wear two pairs of socks in my dress shoes. That's from my waitering days because you could, it was tough to find. You had to wear black socks. Yeah. And it was difficult to find comfortable socks that were colored. So I would just wear athletic socks underneath my black socks, which typically meant I wore a, a shoe size about a half size larger than I needed. But I have baby soft feet. So <laughs> it was worth it. Baby soft feet, Loren. I just can't. I just can't now. Like, I just about hung up. It's true. Like, there's a sweet hang-up button on this system, and I just about said, see ya. I'm out with your baby soft feet one, and your fake height. One final question. I never lied about my height. That's McGarry. The, co- the combination of you two. Which, by the way, now, Macklin, your nickname is just going to be BSF, baby soft feet. I like it. And I'm BSM. Brett Stephen McGarry. <laughs> One final question for you, Greg. Wearing those two pairs of socks, especially mm-hmm. with the dress socks, yep. did that prevent the uh, the big toe from hacking its way through no, the sock? No. 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 Okay. Always found its way through there. Dress socks Somehow, are the worst, man. Some way. Hey, you people over at McGregor, you've had 80 years of practice at making these socks. <laughs> Do you think you could come up with something that my big toenail doesn't go through? <laughs> Please. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.